Okay, so we now begin Perak Sadi Gibel. So this is the uh, the Perak, which is the second uh, Perak, which we say after the Chandori. Obviously, it's a much shorter Perak, but it's one which also is going to uh, um, continue on this theme of uh, of the Mashiach. In here, um, yeah. So we're going to begin really with an introduction. Uh, to the parak from the Malbim. Then we'll go back and we'll start reading the Pesukim and translating and explaining. But the Malbim here has an interesting uh, overall introduction, which is worthwhile to uh, to read and to study before we start the actual parak. So here the Malbim says, that God assumes that, Nimshach Lamasha Lamala. So this is a continuation of the previous parak. So it's good for us that we're going in order in this regard, that we're going to be able to see the flow between one parak and the other. That the previous parak talked about Hashem's uh, conduct in this world, how he interacts with the world in general and with the people of this world. And this is with two different ways that Agash Baruch Hu interacts with the world. And we have this in other prakim as well. One is Akash Baruch Hu's regular way of interacting in the world through nature, that's the Teva, through nature. And then the other way is the miraculous way when Akash Baruch Hu intercedes in this world in a way which goes above nature, beyond nature, overrides nature, whatever it's going to be. But nisim, as we know, nisim are not something which happen on a regular basis. Nisim are something are like one-time occurrences, or they're they're unusual, out of the ordinary things, but not something which is ongoing. So now, with knowing that Hakadosh Baruch Hu interacts with the universe in two different ways, so the Mavla explains v'hine an hagativis nikrat bekitzre hakodesh b'shem oz. So the term oz, which we translate as strength, so that term oz. Whenever you see that word moving forward now in davening and whatnot, so that always is a reference to Hakadosh Baruch Hu's power or strength, specifically referring to how he runs the world via nature, via the laws of nature, and via time. He says because the term oz it references a power which is constant and does not falter. So something which is always there. So the power of nature is something which is always present. The, the existence of the universe and all the laws of the universe which allow the, uh, the universe, all the scientific principles, which allow the universe to exist. So this is something which is constant and, uh, and it's, a, it's a live stream, which is taking place all the time. And therefore, that's the term for that which we would always use is O's. Because this natural way of the world running, the science of the world running, is something which is, happens 24 hours a day, seven days a week, since the very beginning of creation. The laws of nature are pretty much unchanging. The Hanhaga Hanisait Nikres Bishem Gaava. And when we talk about the uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's interaction with the world in a miraculous manner, so then we use the term Ga'ava. 
Gava in this parak we're going to translate as majesty. Sometimes it would mean haughtiness, but over here it's going to be majestic. So that's the term that we use when we talk about miraculous occurrences in this world. Because this is where Hashem Baruch Hu elevates, overrides the laws of nature. And he overrides them. He uses his override key, like when you go to the uh, to the grocery store and they need to make a change on the cash register. So sometimes they have to call over the manager with the override key. So Hashem Baruch Hu has the override key with which he is going to override what the laws of nature would say is impossible, and he's going to go ahead and he's going to do it anyways. Therefore, skipping a little bit, So we're going to say in this parrot that at a time when Akash Baruch Hu is recognized as the king, and he's going to uh, uh, put on as a garment the geut, which is going to be his miraculous interaction, what that means is, And Hashem is going to do wondrous things which override laws of nature. So this is one of the things which we're going to experience in the future. Lamor, for example, and the examples of this which we've had in history is, Lamor told the sun, stop moving. So in the time of Yeshua, so the sun stood still. Or, Liyam Hitbakan. Hakash Baruch Hu told the sea at one point in history to go ahead and split. So that's overriding nature. Lutsur Hotzimayim. And Hakash Baruch Hu told the rock to produce water. Not something which you would normally find in nature that a rock produces water. Ukidome, in similar types of miracles which we find in Tanakh. Yitzayir Zekilavush. So so David Amalek goes ahead and describes this, uses as a metaphor for this, a garment. Why does he use it as a garment? Because a garment is something that you put on yourself to present yourself in a particular way. So Hashem does the same thing. So it's as if Hashem is putting on a garment in order to demonstrate his majesty or his elevated nature. That he's above and beyond, that he has the override key. Laymore, as if to go ahead and communicate to mankind, Ani am loch, I am the king. Kings can do what they want. And I can destroy and override laws of nature. And nonetheless, even at the same time that Baruch Hu is pulling off these miracles, he's splitting the sea, he's having the sun stand, stand still, he's having rocks produce water. At the same time that Baruch Hu is putting on these garments of miracles, he still is simultaneously displaying his oaths, displaying his power and his might. And he's girding himself with that, whatever girding actually is. But he's girding himself with that power and that might, meaning at the same time, nature is still running. So simultaneously, that there's a miracle happening in one place on the globe. The rest of the globe is experiencing nature in the normal way. And at the same time that God is being miraculous, Regular laws of nature are also enforced, and they are running according to schedule. 
And therefore, Aftiku Teva Baltimo. So we say that the inhabited world is established, as we'll see, Baltimot, and it doesn't falter. Because those permanent laws of nature, which Akash Baruch Hu set up in order for the universe to exist and run, so these never actually stop. Even during times of override, so the regular laws of nature, other than the override itself, everything else in nature runs according to plan and according to schedule. Now, the Bible says this fascinating idea, fascinating perspective about how to look at the world. And he says, It's clear if you think about it, if you, if you stop to contemplate, then we talk about Hakash Baruch Hu's running of the world via nature, via the laws of science. La, yes, sir. So this is more miraculous than a, sorry, I shouldn't say it that way. It demonstrates greater power than the one-time miracle. This is the opposite of what we normally think. Normally we think that when Akash Baruch says, you know what, I'm going to split the sea today, the splitting of the sea is a demonstration of his power. In fact, it just occurred to me now that when when Chazal want to express that someday Akash Baruch is doing something which is difficult, like making Shaduchim, or Akash Baruch is providing Parnatha, so the metaphor which is always used for something which is difficult is it's Kasha Kriyat Yamsuf. It's as difficult as Kriyat Yamsuf. So Kriyat Yamsuf is always the example which we use for something which is a display of Akash Baruch great power and great might. But here, the Malvim is telling us, based on this uh, Perakin Te'elam, that really it is the natural order of things, which is more demonstrative of God's power and might than the miracles. Why? So he explains. Shahan Hagas Hateva Kavua, because the regular laws of nature, so these demonstrate to us and these communicate to us Akash Baruch Hu's tremendous power. Why? Because these laws are in place permanently. Akash Baruch Hu plugged in the world. The world runs according to those, uh, those laws and it never runs out of power. It never uh, ceases to exist. All of these things, they follow a designated pattern which is put in place and has been running for thousands of years. So the fact that something can go for thousands of years, that already is something which is, uh, which is impressive. But a miracle which happens, even a miracle of the stature of Kriyas Yamsuf, or miracles such as having the sun stand still in the sky, that does not demonstrate the same degree of power or might. Because this is something which you're doing in the moment, but not what you're doing. This is something which is happening in the moment, but it could be like a, if we were to uh, try and explain what it is, it's likened to a burst of uh, a, a burst of energy, or somebody has uh, an adrenaline rush. So in a burst of adrenaline, so you can go ahead and you can do things which normally you can't do. So an adrenaline burst doesn't tell us how strong a person is. 
It just tells us how powerful adrenaline is. But if you want to know how strong a person is, let's see what they can do without the adrenaline. How long can they run? How many push-ups can they do? How many sit-ups can they do? How many pull-ups can they do? That is going to tell us what the person's actual strength is, not what their adrenaline is able to accomplish. And then he says, furthermore, the gam hatebuhu neskavua. And the truth is, and this is something that you find many the commentators in many Bali Machshav emphasizing that the truth is, is that what we call nature is just a regular miracle. The fact that the sun rises and sets each and every day, that itself is a miracle. We don't look at it as a miracle because it happens all the time. But the truth is, it's also miraculous. You know, the uh, the water cycle from uh, the oceans to evaporation to the clouds and then rain and all how all of that uh, that works and the filtering as you go from seawater into uh, into fresh water. So it's an amazing system which HaKadosh Baruch Hu put in place. It took mankind uh, years and years and years of uh, uh, to be able to catch up and figure out technologically how to go ahead and do that. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu has been doing that since the beginning of time. teva arait. And a miracle, the opposite, he says, a miracle is something which is temporary nature. In other words, that the world, from the beginning of the world, the Chazal tell us it, from the beginning of the world, the sea was destined to split for Yisrael as they left Mitzrayim. So we only call it a miracle, we describe it as a miracle, because it's not happening all the time, but that's also part of nature. So nature is really miraculous, and miracles are really part of nature. And the only difference between them is just the frequency in which we come across them or they uh, they, they occur. He says, There's no real difference between what we call nature and what we call miraculous. It's just that nature, laws of nature, laws of science, are something which are permanently in place and they apply always. And miracles are something which happen only in the moment. They're temporary, but they're no greater. That the reason why we say that HaKadosh uh, Baruch Hu is able to demonstrate a greater sense of majesty and mastery of the world and power at the time that he's doing a miracle, because... And he has a long arichas. I took it out over here uh, because it's it, it would just go on for too long. But he likens it, he likens the entire universe to a machine. So any one machine, if you have a complicated machine with lots of different moving parts, and you go ahead and you grab one of those moving parts, you try and hold it still, it's not as if the impact that you're going to have is just that one part you went ahead and you held still. What's going to happen is everything which is connected to that, and what's connected to connected to that, and what's connected with that's connected that's connected to that, everything is going to be impacted as soon as you go ahead and you grab one piece of that complicated machine. So Mabu says that logically, if a Baruch says, you know what, I'm going to split the sea at this moment. And he goes and he splits the Amsu. Okay, but Yamsuf is created to all sorts of other things. There's other bodies of water, and there's other things which are all dependent upon the regular flow or the regular motion of the, uh, the Yamsuf. And if a Baruch Hu goes in and grabs that 
and cause that to split, it should have a ripple effect. I apologize for the pun, but it should have a ripple effect and it should impact everything else in the universe. The same way they say that the butterfly flapping its wings over there, you know, causes it to snow someplace else on the, uh, on the globe. So in the same way, every time a miracle happens, it should impact everything else in the world and the entire natural world should be disrupted as a result of that. And miraculously, when the Kashmir does that miracle, nothing else changes. Everything else continues its regular pattern and its regular motion. And that, the Mabim says, is the greatest miracle of all. It's the greatest demonstration of strength and power. And he says, Zesh Amar. And that's why the Pasim says, at the time of Gersh Baruch Hu was going to demonstrate his Malchus, that he is the king, the Geus Lavesh, and he's going to clothe himself with that Gava, with that majesty or that demonstration of the power to override nature, which is to override some element of nature and some element of creation. With all of that, so like we just said, at the same time HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pulling off this miracle, which from our perspective seems to violate the laws of nature, the laws of nature everywhere else on the globe are still running according to plan. And that itself is an amazing thing. And this is a demonstration of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's strength and power. That the inhabited world remains firm, it remains sturdy, and does not falter at all, even when a miracle is taking place. That although one part is standing still, note this is going back to the metaphor which we didn't read inside, but at the same time that one part of the machinery is being held in place and isn't allowed to move. It doesn't impact the running and the efficient running of everything else in the world. And this is what uh, this is what the, the introduction that the Malvin gives to this particular parak. Okay, now we can go back and we can begin to see the uh, the psukim themselves. So it says the first pasuk is a long pasuk. It says that Hashem Malach, that when Hashem began His reign, meaning when He now uh, demonstrates. And he publicizes and makes it clear to everybody in the universe that he is the Melech. So at that time, Geus Lavesh. So he's bold in majesty. So the Bible explains what this means is, is that he's going, he's demonstrating his power to do miracles in the physical world. But at the same time, Lavash Hashem, Hashem is clothed, and he girded with strength. So Oz, that the Malbim said is the power of nature. Those are the laws of nature and the power for a well-functioning, efficient universe to be able to run. So that is the greatest demonstration of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's power. And we're going to see that he has firmly established the world. It cannot be shaken. Okay. So now on this, so the this idea that that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to clothe, him, clothe himself in majesty. So the Mitzvah of David says, he speaks it out explicitly, he says, HaMashiach, that this is happening at the time of the Mashiach. Yomar, people are going to say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the king. He's going to 
clothe himself with majesty in order to demonstrate his majesty and his reign over the entire world. And then we say, he's going to wrap himself in his strength. Which is David says, what this means is that Herakoch, this is going to be a demonstration. At that time of Mashiach, Agash Baruch is going to demonstrate his power. And then that the world is going to be uh, sturdy and firmly in place. It's not going to falter. So Az Yakira called, and everybody's going to recognize. That there's going to be a recognition by the world over, by mankind all over, that you, Akash Baruch, are the one who created the world. That's a recognition which Akash Baruch has been waiting for, or is waiting for, since the beginning of creation, for mankind all over to recognize Akash Baruch as the creator, and that he set in place a universe which does not falter at all. And that's what's going to happen. Now, the Radak also has a bit of an introduction to this uh, to this parak, and that's what we have in note four over here. He says as follows: that all of these prakim of Abu David Mizmor, all the way through Kuf Aleph. So this is Sadi Gimel ninety three, all the way through Kuf Aleph one hundred one. Asidim Mashiach. So they all revolve around this topic of the arrival of Mashiach. That's the theme of this section of Tehillim. And when we finish the previous parak, and this is what we ended off with the previous parak, we say, is by rock, and there's no wrongdoing that he does. So after we culminate that perspective, where we see how in the time of Mashiach everything is now falling into place in Akash that the Rishayim ultimately are going to be destroyed and the Tzadikim ultimately are going to be rewarded. And everybody is now going to see how Akash Baruch Hu has been Yashar, he's been upright in the law of Lasavo, and there's no iniquity and no wrongdoing, which he does. With that in mind, so on the coattails of that, that's where this parak begins. And it says, Hashem Malach gave Slavish. Then as a Kosh Baruch goes ahead and he demonstrates his malchus, his reign over the universe, and it becomes evident to everybody. So he's going to clothe himself in majesty, in power. Love Hashem, and he's going to put on clothing, meaning, what's included in the recognition of God, it's not just the existence of God. It's not even simply that God, that there's the existence of God, and that he is the creator but there's also going to be the recognition that he's Yasher, that he is upright and he is good. That he is the king over everything. And nobody could go ahead and assert their not only their dominance, but nobody could assert their own power or their own greatness in his presence. Because whatever they would say about themselves, they would indicate that they are mighty or powerful or strong or anything like that, is obviously going to pale in comparison to God. Like many kings over the course of history have tried to assert their dominance over God. And the Radak goes that, and he quotes uncharacteristically, but numerous examples in Tanakh of kings who felt that they were more powerful than God, people like Nebuchadnezzar and whatnot, who thought they could actually do battle with God. 
but all of they will now realize that they are nothing compared to God. That at that point, at this point in the future, in the time of Mashiach, there'll be universal recognition that none of those powerful kings, no matter how great and how powerful they are and how many countries are under their control and how many nuclear weapons they have and any one of those things, how much money they have, there, there's going to be universal recognition that they don't clothe themselves ultimately with a reign of majesty. Because it's only the only one who has true Malchus is HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. The low levado hamalucha and Malchus is something which ultimately can only be attributed to God. Whatever else somebody tries to pretend to do is just a big fake. It's not something which is authentic. It's not something which is real. It's not something which is eternal. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to be able to do that. And then he quotes Psukim to that effect. The Oz and at that point, there's going to be this gathering of the strength, the girding of strength, the uh, picking yourself up with all of that power, and the world is going to be sturdy, and it's not going to falter, it's not going to shake at all. Because the people who are the rabble-rousers, the people who are the troublemakers, always asserting their dominance and asserting their greatness, so they're not going to exist anymore. So we're no longer going to have the upheaval, which is very characteristic of human history, where there's an upheaval here and there's an upheaval there and all sorts of trouble which is going on. So at the point in the era of Mashiach, when there's universal recognition of God and there's universal recognition of God's malchus, so then none of that uh, that trouble which characterizes Olam Hazet, none of that will be present. And Kiloti Od and that's what the Navi actually prophesizes about when he says that in this time, in the era of Mashiach, there won't be war anymore. Because everybody will recognize you only do battle. People only fight with one another because they're trying to assert their dominance and their control and their power over others. But in the time of Mashiach, when there is the universal recognition that HaKash Baruch is the only Melech in the world, the only king in the world, so there's no reason for anybody to try and assert their dominance or their power or what they imagine is their majesty anymore, because it's all over. It doesn't exist, because there's all there's the universal recognition of HaKash Baruch and there's no reason to fight anymore, because you're only going to get what HaKash Baruch wants to give to you anyways. Okay, so now that we got one Pasuk of Esperica under our belt, we were Oz uh, Hisazar. We girded ourselves with this one pasuk. So we will pause it here and we will pick it up next week in Ritz Hashem with pasuk base. And thank you all for coming. We will see you, God willing, on Thursday 